Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host Denise Messenger for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent. I stands for using your intuition. N stands for networking. And K stands for obtaining knowledge. Preserve and protect your health by listening live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, listeners. Today is June 18th, 2014. We have a great show today. We're going to be talking about healing seniors through socialization. A lot of times, seniors end up living by themselves or they have some form of disability and they're not able to get, to get out much and it can drive them into depression and all kinds of different types of health issues. Our guest today is Gail Lolly. She is the author of the book called It's Your Move, Choices for Senior Living. She also has a website called movechoices.com. So now let's bring Gail onto our show. Hello, Gail, and thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Denise. Thank you for having me. A pleasure. I'd like to start my shows out by asking my guests how they got on the path that they're on today. Well, I'm a senior citizen myself, and 20 years ago I helped a great aunt get into a retirement home. I have always worked in computers, so I was a person that had lists. And we checked off the things on my list, compared two different places, and she chose one. And when she moved in, they didn't have cable TV. It wasn't on my list. Uh, And since then, my lists have gone to various friends, and I've helped lots of other people, and they've been added to and revised and what have you. And um, finally, somebody said, why don't you publish them? Uh, my, I also yeah, had a grandmother. Yeah, I hope so. My grandmother stayed at home, and so I have a list about that because there were all kinds of problems with that. It, we knew that was what she wanted, but some of the people that were hired to take care of her stole from her. Others just wouldn't show up for work. Some of them quit with no notice, and that was really hard on the family. And then I had three friends that moved into continuing care retirement communities. And they were all healthy and traveling, and one of them still plays volleyball. And I'm going, why are you moving into some community like this? And they all mm-hmm. have very valid reasons for, what, for moving into there. Mm-hmm. The women didn't want to cook. The men didn't want to take care of the yard. Sometimes one of the partners was, uh, and their health was deteriorating. So I see. Uh, 
So what have you I I'm sure there's different strokes for different folks, obviously. Um, but you know, when we talk about socialization, um, what what methods can be used when seniors are living on their own? Well, that's one of my real concerns because everyone is tending toward um, staying in their own home. And once you lose the ability to drive, it can become very difficult to socialize. I have neighbors that have difficulty walking, so it's difficult for them to even go and talk to their next-door neighbors. And socialization, if you don't have it, they now know that you're 25% more likely to die than people that do socialize. So mm. um, one of the things that people need to check out is, is there any kind of a van service where they live? I have a disabled friend who's trying to buy a house, and that's her first criteria is can the van come to the area where she's looking at the house? Because she mm-hmm. knows she can't drive. She's got to have transportation. Um, mm. There's a, a new um, group, and I believe it's nationwide. It's called Next Door, and it's for neighborhoods to join together and uh, tell people what's going on and let them know if they need help. There are some volunteer groups that will help people, but it's a, it's a real problem in our society. Well, I I know that there's, here in California, almost every city has a senior program wherein they have community centers, they offer perhaps one meal a day, they have exercise classes, etc., and they have that here in Arizona and they have it in Texas but the person has to be able to get to those centers right just from my personal from my personal observation I've actually um, seen the uh, the vans drop them off yes but like in Tucson recently uh, the van service in the city stopped offering service out to the county. And some of us live in the unincorporated county. Turns mm. out there's another little town near here that is going to that does offer that service for us. Um, when their budgets are strained, that's, that's mm. a, big, a big problem. I see. Um, and and then, it, then it really does become difficult. Yeah, and sometimes you can pay somebody to help you I had a friend that moved into a retirement community, and he wanted to go shopping, but it was costing him $20 an hour for a driver. So, you know, <laughs> he could only go for so long until he'd exceeded his budget of what he was going to try to buy. One of the things I think seniors need to learn is how to use computers because they can get things delivered. They can do some socializing that way. Um, There's a federal program in the Washington, D.C. area where they gave people iPads recently. They've only done this for 50 people, and they're training them. And these people, it's like it's a whole new world for them. 
don't, sure. Don't, I don't know how we get this implemented for the rest of the people in the country. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's a slow process, unfortunately. Yes. Uh, the so other let's, um, talk about, let's talk about your book. Okay. Uh, listener, uh, listeners, again, we're talking with Gail Lawley. She's the author of the, the book called It's Your Move, Choices for Senior Living. And um, we're also talking about socialization of seniors. So in talking about your book, what are some of the most important things that people should learn in your, in your opinion when they so become the seniors? The most important thing they need to know is that no choice that they make will be perfect. If you decide to stay in your home and you are losing some of your ability to live independently, you're still going to have some things that you're not going to be happy about, mm-hmm. whether it's your mode of transportation or if you're getting meals on wheels, maybe it's the food they serve. Um, if you're moving into a community, you need to be sure that they guarantee life care. And I'll give you two examples of that. That uh, I had a friend whose mother was in a community, and she did check, and they said, Oh, yes, we have life care. If she runs out of money, we'll take care of her. Well, she ran out of money, and guess what? At that point in time, this facility said, well, we only have, I don't know, say 10 slots for people like that, and they're all full right now, so you're going to have to move her. Oh. Well, okay. I mean, and, and then another one, I had clients, and I helped their mother with their her computer. She's 94, and she'd been hmm. in this place for 10 years, and she was running out of money, and they called and said, what do we do? Well, it's too late then because this place just gave them a list of places where they could take her. But 94, it's not easy for her to make that kind of a change. So these two gentlemen have decided they're going to pay to keep their mother in this facility. But she might live another 20 years, and that's a lot of money. Hmm. And, What's your uh, definition yeah, of, of life care? What is that? That means keeping you until the day you die somehow in the, in your facility if you run out of money. The great aunt that I helped was in a life care facility, and she did run out of money. And all this privately owned? Her, um, that one was a church-sponsored one. Uh, some are privately owned. Some are um, non-profit. Um, the one my aunt was in, they took her Social Security and then they got state aid from the state of California and then they had an endowment that helped pay for this kind of stuff. Um, oh. here, here in Tucson, there is one facility that insists that you buy a long-term care policy and that will continue to pay for you. So if you run out of money, they have that coming in as well as your Social Security or pension or whatever else you've had even okay. if you don't have enough money for, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. so, but it's one of those... When, does the long, when, would, a, when would a long-term um, care insurance policy kick in? It would depend on the policy and what the condition was with the person. Mm. Depends on how it's written. Most long-term care policies, there's a 90-day waiting period. And I'm assuming that at this facility that they 
recognize if you're becoming so ill that you're going to need the long-term care payment, that they would start that process so that you'd have the money and wouldn't okay. have to wait 90 days. Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly haven't checked it out. Good. Um, <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> well, other, other people don't know that, that some of these facilities are months to months, and mm-hmm. some of them offer trial residences. And there are ones that you can move into, say, independent living, and you can hire people to come in and help you with assisted mm-hmm. living. And mm-hmm. that all of that's fine until you get to the nursing care portion of your mm-hmm. life. If you need nursing care, that becomes a real problem. Yes, yeah, skilled skilled nursing care. Skilled also. nursing care. That's right. Uh-huh. Because Medicare has very strict limits on that and it's very, very expensive. Hmm. So now, with the finger, what is what does our government expect all, all these um elderly people to do? <laughs> I know? I don't know. And one of the scary things, Denise there was an AARP study in, it said in 2010 there were 7.2 individuals aged 45 to 64 for every person 80 and over. So you could probably find a caretaker, right? By 2030, mm. it drops to 4.1 of the caretaking age for every person over 80. And by 2050, this 2.9. Mm. So there aren't going to be as many possible caretakers around. Jeez. And, yeah, that's right. And technology will help some of this because they've got things now. You can put a sensor mm-hmm. under your rug so if you fall it notifies somebody. You can have a um, um, camera. I can't think of what it's called. Not a camcorder, but the, cam- the things you attach to your computer that give you a picture mm-hmm. of what's going on. I had a, a neighbor mm-hmm. recently who was, had terminal cancer, and her neighbors set up a, a, a video system between the two houses so they could see her. They'd know if she needed help. She could talk to them if she needed help, that kind of stuff. Oh, that, well, that was she good. Was very, she was very lucky that she had neighbors that were willing to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and also, she was lucky it was the right time of year because Tucson is a snowbird place and so in the summer a lot of the people are gone Ah. Uh what I recommend to people is that they should have at least one person that calls them every day or checks on them so that if they have a problem somebody is aware of it Mm -hmm. that's a good idea The the other part of this she said what's the government expect us to do uh, the National Commission on Long-Term Care is supposed to issue policy recommendations in September. I don't know how we find out what their recommendations are or what they're working on, but it is on my mm-hmm. goals list to find out uh, what they're going to suggest because it, as the number of people age increases and the number of caretakers decrease, the mm-hmm. states are going to have to pay more and they're going to be paying more with a population that is putting less into the state coffers because the population is retiring. Mm-hmm. 
Well, not only that, there's 92 million people out of work. Yes, that's very true. We still have vacant buildings here, uh, and a lot of our restaurants have closed, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What was the federal law change for long-term care in 2008? 2008, the federal government put in a law that says if you, your long-term care insurance company, has a partnership with your state, here's what happens. If they, say, spend $50,000 on you from your long-term care policy, helping Mm -hmm. to take care of you in your house, and you are down to your last $50,000, you can stay in your house and go on state aid for 50000 Now, that doesn't sound like anything much until you stop to think. That means that you could replace your air conditioner, your furnace, your roof, whereas if you go on honest-to-goodness long-term um, state aid, you're only allowed to have $2,000 in Arizona, $2,000 per month. That's, that's it. Income? Total. Income? Yeah, totally income. Uh-huh. And you're not allowed to have any other assets. Hmm. I don't know what so the law is. So what's the solution? Well, what's the, what's the solution? If, if you don't have long-term care insurance, then you need to check out the law in your state to find out what it is if you need to go on state aid. In Arizona, you have to spend down to your last $2,000. And I have my house in a trust, and I put it in a trust because all my children live in other states. So I I don't have a lot of money, but I thought, well, it will make it easier for them. Well, it turns out Mm -hmm. in Arizona that if my house is in a trust, that counts as an asset. So if I run out of money, I have to sell my house, spend down that money, and then I can go on state aid. But if my house is not in a trust, then I can stay in my house until the day I die. And at that point, the state of Arizona will try to collect some of the money from the sale of my house to recoup what they spent on me on state aid. What if you just gave the house to... What if you just gave your your house to your your children? But you, you have to you do know. that. I mean, you would have to do that at least five years before this happens. And mm-hmm. if you're living in that and not paying rent, I don't know. You you almost have to get with an elder law attorney on that in your particular mm-hmm. state to see what what that was going to do to you. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you talked about socialization, and yes, they do have socialization programs. I attended them when I lived in a suburb of Austin, and I've been to a few of them in Tucson, and um, they're good. They're, it's, it's a reasonable, reasonable thing to do. If people can afford it, they can go to adult daycare, and most people don't even know there is a thing called adult daycare. Okay. No, it's new to me. Okay. In in Arizona, it's about $20,000 a year. That's kind of the median. If you are in Texas, the median is $8,970. And these figures are from Genworth. 
Um, so there's mm-hmm. a big difference even in that. But I have a friend whose father lived with him, and my friend still needed to work. He had his own business. So every morning mm-hmm. he drove his father to long-term daycare, I mean the daycare, adult daycare, and um, he picked him up every evening. He had minor uh, medical things like they'd take his blood pressure and check and be sure he was taking his medicines. And they had uh, crafts and movies and uh, lunches and that kind of stuff. And he did that for five years, and it worked very mm. well. Mm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I didn't know there was such a thing until I started researching all of this. Interesting. That is, a, that is a socialization possibility. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a neighbor here that has a van pick him up every morning, and I believe it takes him to something like that every day, and it brings him back in the evening. And the rest of the time, mm-hmm. he lives alone. Mhm. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of kids feel um, that they should socialize more with their parents. I, I tutor people on computers, and I get a lot of complaints. People about, well, my kids, you know, don't don't call me that often or what have you. And I try to remind them that their children have their own lives. So you have mm-hmm. to find your own mm-hmm. socialization. Mm-hmm. And whether it means going and taking a class, uh, going to the senior center, you know, nobody's going to do it for you. Yeah, and that's that's true. Yeah. What does and Medicare cover? Uh, Medicare covers hospice. Okay. What? When you're at if Medicare covers hospice. If you're at the oh, end hospice. of life. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Uh, well, it actually can be be very good, but beyond that, Medicare doesn't cover nursing facilities. It doesn't cover. Well, it will, it'll cover skilled nursing for short periods of time, and the law changes every year, so you have to look at it carefully. Um, but it doesn't cover uh, long-term care. It doesn't cover assisted living. It doesn't cover hiring help for your home. If you're really ill, mm-hmm. your doctor can have uh, somebody come for like three half days a week to help you with different things and Medicare will pay for that. But again, it's it's a short amount of time that they'll do that. So if it's something you're going to need long term, you can't count on Medicare to do that for you. Did they recently change that law? Because I had an aunt, and she had helpers five days a week, and it was covered by Medicare. And they were full days that they came in. Full days. I'm not aware of that, but again, I I don't even attempt to keep up with the latest Medicare benefits because it changes every year. Uh, my yeah, neighbor I'm that, sure it's changed. Yeah, he was in a wheelchair and he'd been in a car accident, and he could only have a medical person come in once a day to do his intravenous stuff, and then when he got done with the intravenous, it was like a couple of times a week for a few hours. Mm-hmm. Some of this might depend on what the condition is. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what was wrong with your aunt? What, you know? Mm-hmm. Interesting. 
it's a very, very frustrating situation. People don't want to talk about this. When I tell them what my book is about, their eyes glaze over and they change the subject. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then what I see, because I live in an over 55 community and it was built in 1986. Some of the original people are still here, so they're getting mm-hmm. pretty old. And they have a crisis and their adult children come to town. They don't know the town. They don't know what their parent wants, and they have to find something quickly. So mm. I encourage people to uh, talk to their children. There's a project called The Conversation that, to help people start talking to their children about this. There's a website called My Directive where you can put in there what you want. Do you want um, you know, do you want to be resuscitated? Do you want to be on machines? Um, most people, including my, my parents, didn't tell me what they wanted, and we had to make a choice with my mother of are we going to put a feeding tube in or not. And it would have been nice if we'd known what her feelings were about that. Mm-hmm. True. Socialization, yeah, if, if you are... Uh, a caretaker, and you're at home taking care of a sick spouse. I, I went to a caretaker convention and I sat at a table with all the, all these people were caretakers, and they were so stressed out. They never got any respite. That's the other thing they don't know. They don't know that there is a thing called respite care where they can have somebody come in and watch their significant other or their spouse for a few days so they can take some time off. Is that a, uh, um, a private service? You can you can get that from all kinds of places. If you just Google respite care, you'll find uh, in there for hire. Are you saying, yeah. are you saying rescue care? Oh, no, R-E-S-P-I-T-E, respite. Okay, got it. I think um, there's a new model that's being done. It's called the Greenhouse Project, and it's a website. It's .org. And this is a guy that looked around at what was going on in the uh, senior communities and decided that people would be much better off if they were in smaller uh, communities where they actually participated if you stop and think about it, if, if somebody goes into one of these institutions and somebody makes their bed and somebody cooks their meals and somebody drives them around, what are they supposed to do with themselves? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I encourage people to look uh, for a greenhouse projects and see. There's one in Pomona, California that's being built. That's the only one I know of. Uh, and there are little, like, 12-person facilities, and people still okay. do some of the daily activities, cooking, cleaning, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the the worst thing you can do for your house is to sit or to lie around all day long. Yes. <laughs> yes. you got to move. Uh, you have to move. Even if you have arthritis, even if you have back pain, 
You know, some of these pains go away when you get out and move your body. Our bodies were designed to be moved. Uh, Socialization. Um, I belong to a couple of singles groups. They're all seniors. I don't think there's anybody under 65 in either one of the groups. And they have activities, card games. They go out for Mm -hmm. lunch. They go to the movies. They go to theaters. And people will say, well, you know, I'm not really looking for anybody. Well, you're not going to find a man at this point when you're over 65 because there aren't very many of them left. (laughs) They die (laughs) off too fast. (laughs) Seriously? (laughs) Seriously. When I I was helping my parents choose where they were going to move, my mother kept saying, well, there aren't any men here for dad to relate to. Mother, there aren't any men. Dad's age, he was in his 80s. <laughs> there aren't oh many of them around, period. I thought the longevity has actually increased. It has increased, but the ratio is still, if you're lucky, in a group of seniors over age 65, you might have one-third of the people there be men. Uh, okay. Geez. Yeah. So, and how did we get on that subject? There was something else I was going to talk about there. Well, it's interesting. <laughs> but, well, see, I mean, and, and women say, well, I don't want another man in my life. I don't want to take care of somebody. I don't want to be a nurse or a mm-hmm. person. Well, that's not what the purpose of these groups is. The purpose is to have people your own age or somewhere in your age range and so they they can share your points of view. They remember the mm-hmm. same things from history that you do. And it, it is a great social outlet. So I mm-hmm. encourage people to go look for those. And if your parent isn't in a group like that and they are alone, encourage them. We've had some younger people bring their parents to these groups to get them started because the parent didn't want to come by themselves. And... Um, and then they eventually decide, well, maybe this group is okay. Yeah, I um, I recently took a class on nutrition for the aging. Uh-huh. And um, I actually visited a community center and had lunch with them. Now, this was a huge lunch hall. I mean, there were probably... 25 tables of 10 that would seat 10 people. And it was mostly full. I went on two different occasions. So it was quite successful. And every one of those seniors, they knew each other. They were, I mean, for their chronological age, I would say they were much younger because they were active. They were happy and active. Mm -hmm. And they have some interests. Mm -hmm. They're passionate about something, whether it's politics or uh, baseball, Mm -hmm. but they have some kind of of interest that keeps them going. And a lot of them, um, they want to keep learning. Absolutely. Why shouldn't you? That's right. And one of the things that happens in, in these older groups is that you hear the people's experiences that you would yes. not believe, okay? 
I mean, it's like, are you kidding me? You really, you know, that that's what happened to you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, living down be, I live on a hill, and down below me, I went around with a petition, uh, and the woman below me was in a Radio City Music Hall dance group, and her husband had made movies in Hollywood. They had all these pictures all over their walls of famous people, but nobody knows they're around because they didn't get out and socialize with anybody. Uh, and I know and everyone has so much to bring to the table. Um, I was seated with 70, 80, 90-year-olds that were still, like I said, very, very mobile, um, very uh, gracious, uh, smart, intelligent, amazing histories. I, I really enjoyed my visits with them. I really did. One of the so it's a shame. You know, it's a real shame when when some seniors will just stay home out of fear, out of fear that well, maybe they won't be welcomed in, out of fear that um, you know they they get so used to being in that home environment day in day out and breaking out of it causes a lot of anxiety. Yes, right. I'll give you two examples from that. I have a neighbor that had a really big cancer on her face. And they took it out and sewed her up so she's got a big scar down her cheek. She does not want to go out in public now. And yet I don't feel that that scar is that bad. But she does. Now, my mother had a paralyzed vocal cord, so she was very hard to understand. And she retreated because people avoided her because they couldn't understand her. The other thing that... Physical <laughs> limitations that that, that uh, people end up with—it's very, very difficult for them. Very tough. Right, and um, the other other thing that I see is people that can't hear, and they fight getting a hearing aid because, first of all, they're expensive, but secondly, they think it makes them look old. Well, having to repeat "What did you say?" <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> makes you look old too. But they now don't. Well, they have teeny. On that. They they have yeah. They have like buds now. They're just teeny tiny things. Oh yeah, but uh, they they found that people that don't attend to their hearing get dementia sooner because they're missing oh. so much. So their That's brain process. I know. And the expense. There's a hearing aid advertised in the AARP magazine. Uh-huh. That's only five hundred dollars. And they have a 60-day money-back guarantee. I have a hearing aid now that I paid $1,800 for. When I need one for my other ear, I'm going to try the AARP $500 one. Mm-hmm. It's designed by a doctor. It sounds good to me. And anything like that that can help, you know, sure, is, is going to make a difference in your life. And people, I don't know, um, I don't know if it applies to all generations, but I see some of the younger people that are very intolerant of of older people. I had a New Year's Eve party, and I had closed captioning on my TV. We were going to watch the ball drop in New York uh, because one of the guests was really pretty totally deaf. And one of the younger people wanted that closed captioning turned off. She didn't care how it was going to affect somebody else. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we need to work on that kind of attitude. And I think some of these programs where they have uh, uh, high school kids teaching seniors computers, I think mm-hmm. that kind of stuff might help. I, I know, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of kids aren't around older people because our families don't live near each other anymore. Yes, we've definitely um, broken down the family unit, you know, our society as it is. This nuclear family situation, it really does bring on isolation for the elderly. It it does. It really does. The other thing I see is I have a lot of friends that say, oh, well, I I can't entertain. You know, I, I just can't do that much work. Well, I had a party here yesterday, invited my neighbors, and what mm-hmm. I had was a potluck of sandwiches. So bring your favorite sandwich, cut it in a couple of pieces, and I'll have potato chips and iced tea and lemonade. And I had 10 people here, and we had a wonderful time. And everybody said, this was great. Some of them bought their mm-hmm. sandwich at Subway. <laughs> Some of them mm-hmm. made their sandwiches. It didn't matter. The idea was mm-hmm. to get together with other people. And people That's let a great them idea. keep them. And, and they, it's like, oh, my house isn't cleaned up. Nobody cares. They really don't. They, they want to come and talk to people. Mm-hmm. And That's I, a wonderful I idea. I don't know. You know, our libraries offer courses in computers. I think if we could get them to offer classes geared to seniors to show them what a chat room is, or there's a new um New group coming out, what's it called? Stitch, I think. I um see if I can see it here. Um, they're trying, yes, Stitch is the name of it. And it's a, an app designed specifically to help seniors find friends. It's not out yet, but they're testing it right now. So if we can get seniors on computers and get them to look mm-hmm. at things like this, you know, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll find people. Mm-hmm. And one of the um one of the things that happened for me was I gave a child up for adoption when I was seventeen. My daughter that I raised found this other daughter uh, oh. on the internet. Okay. Oh, uh, gosh. And I I'm wondering how many people are out there like that that have somebody they'd like to connect with from their past and they don't know how to mm-hmm. go about it, mm-hmm. okay? Um, the people that do class reunions, mine happen to do a website and they put up a list of all the people who were deceased. So mm-hmm. I found my very first boyfriend was long gone, okay? Aww. Well, that's, that's sad. You know, it was better. It was better than not knowing. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I keep trying to come back to your socialization, um, and I, all I can do is I'm, say people get a hobby, get yourself out of the house. It's not easy. Uh, promise yourself you go for ten minutes the first time. Mm-hmm. Take ten minutes and leave, if that's what it takes, or find a friend to go with you. That seems to work sure. better than anything. Sure. And. If if you are computer savvy or if your parent is computer savvy, get them to look at meetups and see what's going on 
on meetups, but there has to be a meetup for almost any interest in the world, from travel to atheists to hiking to <laughs> dog walkers, uh, you know. Sure. Yeah. If you don't have a hobby, you need to. It's a it's a great idea to find a a social group. To find something something else to mm-hmm. do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A volunteer. We have a couple of places here in town. One is an air museum. They're mm-hmm. desperate for volunteers. Uh, I went to the Titan Missile Museum Saturday night. They had a family night. They're desperate for volunteers. There have to be older men here who served in the Air Force who would love to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know, get out sure. and talk to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and don't just depend on your neighbors. <laughs> When I go right. to my mailbox, I, I have to be careful who I talk to because I might be there for half an hour if they haven't talked to anybody in three days. Uh, but I, yeah, that's, that's but a I good point. But, yeah, but I understand where they're coming from. Um, mm-hmm. They just put a we uh, thing in our clubhouse, so now we're trying to get some of the people in here to go down and learn to play a we game. Mm-hmm. So if you live in a community where they have that kind of activity, you know, go try something new. Yeah, there's there's so many possibilities out there. And having a positive attitude having a positive attitude really helps. Well that's the other thing. I think I put that in one of my answers that I wrote up for this is your attitude affects your happiness. If you are mm-hmm. determined that you're, you're going to be miserable living alone, you'll be miserable. But if you decide, mm-hmm. well, this is going to be great, and, you know, I can do some new things, and I can meet some new people. Or I, I have one friend that goes, she's a, an advocate for a child that, that doesn't have anybody to look after him. So she makes sure that his foster parents are treating him right, that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. Okay, and I don't. I'm sure in in the uh, California area that they must have something uh, online mm-hmm. about. Here are the groups that need volunteers. Mm. And well, listeners, we've been um, talking with um, a great guest today. And um, Gail Lolly is the author of the book, It's Your Move, Choices for Senior Living. Gail, why don't you tell our listeners where they can purchase your book? So they can purchase it at Barnes & Noble, uh, Kindle, uh, Amazon, Nook. Um, there's a couple of the other ebook places where they can get it. And unfortunately, when I chose the title, I didn't do very good research because the title, It's Your Move, has been used by every moving company and every physical therapist in the country. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) That's why my website is called movechoices.com. And if you go to the website, it's easier to uh, then click on the link for my book than it is to try to find it on Amazon. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Uh, I I found it quickly. I actually just put the, I put your the title of the book into um, a search engine and it came right up under Amazon. Oh, well, good. That's, that's, an, that's so, an improvement. Um, yeah. 
some of the um, some of the stuff is for people that stay at home. They need to look at um, Meals on Wheels. Uh, and if you are able, can you deliver Meals on Wheels? I did that for a couple of years, and it was the most rewarding job because you know, most of these people are can't get out. They can't mm-hmm. cook. They mm-hmm. have some kind of problem, and they are thrilled when you stop. So it helps you socialize, and it helps out the community. Is it volunteer? It's volunteer. Uh-huh. Okay. And um, That's great. And people that think they want to live with family members, they need to think about who's going to pay for what and mm-hmm. how are you going to feel if you become really infirm and your child has to change your diaper. Oof. I know. And, you know, it, it, it's a realistic thing that people need to be looking at, and they need to look at it before they need it. They don't want to rush into and mm-hmm. what, what you find sometimes is these places are full when you need mm-hmm. one. Okay, so mm-hmm. you need to have looked at them and picked out what you like ahead of time. Maybe it's simply because you had to go in and have a hip, re- hip replaced and you need to go in for mm-hmm. respite care. Well, there are good respite care, I mean, recovery places, and there are others that are not so wonderful. Mm-hmm. So, you know, go, get yourself out and look around. You can also visit people places like that. There are some people in there that don't ever have a visitor. Oh, I know. You know so sad. And that, that yeah, it, it it breaks your heart. <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. It does. It really does. Yep. We just um, uh, two weeks ago had a family friend. And he was um, 82 years old. He was living, living by himself but extremely mobile. He didn't have any health issues really. I mean, great right. mind, very active. And um, we just got a phone call that he just dropped dead. He was working on on his boat, and he just dropped dead. And I thought to myself, boy, now that's the way to go. <laughs> that is the way to go. Yes, it is. I mean, I you know, if you, can, if you can will it for yourself, boy, that's it. Mm-hmm. And that's I mean, on my bucket just, list. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Who, want, yeah. you know, who, who wants all this other stuff? Oh. You know, there's a little the burden and I for wish your I family. Had, yep. I wish I had kept the name of it. There's a little town that has the lowest health care costs in the country. And the reason is that somebody decided to start asking people when they went in the hospital if they had an advanced directive. And that mm-hmm. spread to their doctor's office. And so people started making out advanced directives, and none of them wanted to be on these machines. So 95% of the people have an advanced care direct, and 95% of them do not want some of this extensive care that we give to people at the end of their life. And that's mm-hmm. why they have the lowest health care costs of anybody in the country. Hmm. So well, that not only that, sometimes, sometimes I think we're kinder to our animals than we are. Oh, yes, we are. Uh-huh. Yep. I mean, you know, I had a 17-year-old dog, and... I was just watching her her progression with uh, kidney disease, uh-huh. you know, and then one day she just couldn't get up and took her into the bed. That was it. 
Well, bless your heart. My son has a dog like that, and he won't take her to the vet, and it's just horrible to watch her. No, um, the second that I thought that she was in pain, that was it. Yep. And we're not allowed to do that for humans. No, no, we're not. No. I mean, I, I understand. I understand certain reasons behind it. You know, the legalities yeah. of it, along with you know maybe certain family members that might want to. <laughs> oh yeah, might want to do your head. Might want to hasten, hasten your. <laughs> Doesn't say to have money sometimes. <laughs> exactly. I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> Listeners, we, yeah. we we have to make make light of this conversation because it can get really heavy. <laughs> oh yeah, if you, if you if you don't laugh about this, you're gonna go sit in the corner and suck your thumb. And be pretty miserable. <laughs> well, I just wanted to um, to thank you, Gail, so much for coming on my show, and um, you've really done a, a, a great service to to seniors and to their um, their their children who are wondering down the road what what to do. Really appreciate oh, yeah. your time and um, well, thank you. Thank you well, so thank much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate right. the opportunity. Take to care. Okay. Bye bye. Exactly. Bye. All right, listeners. Please tune in again next Wednesday. We're going to have another great show for you. And um, I look forward to you listening. Bye-bye for now. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What? Listeners, I just wanted to remind you that um, this radio show is based on the opinions of Denise and her guest. The information is not intended to replace a one-on-one relationship with a qualified healthcare professional. It's not intended as medical advice. It's intended as a sharing of knowledge and information within our community. We encourage you to make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with a qualified healthcare professional of your choice. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Thank you. Bye-bye.